everybody, and welcome to a Tower of Fact here at the Girls Inc. studio in Las Vegas. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad to be here today. So we just uh, we just got off a convention, the Las Vegas PMU convention. Uh, five convention was four days long, but really it's kind of five days for us because we roll in on Sunday, we set up the booth, or well, I say we, the girls do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to mentally prepare because I did a live eyeliner demo. Um, so they added a day and they did live demo. So that was pretty cool. So I, I got to do that and had a really, really nice big crowd around around my table while I uh, did a high saturation eyeliner on Sophia. She happens to be one of the artists here. So that was great. I was great. I would say it got great after I got the first pass done because Willow and Olivia, you guys weren't in the room. No, it was Ren and Amy was with me and then Kat and Sarah wanted to pop in. And I'm glad I had them because it was a large crowd and I was really afraid they were gonna, people were going to bump my bed. And people trying to see were trying to come in like, you know, in like, like my sacred space, like where my tray is and, you know, that space where the artist sits and your tray is. Um, so I had to have Kat and Sarah um, stand there and not let people in that space because you're definitely afraid your bed's going to get bumped, you know, while you're tattooing. But anyway, first pass, what's the one thing, artists, okay, everybody listening, what's the first thing, even if no one's watches, just you and a client in a room, what's the, what's the la first thing you hope for? I hope she has good skin. I hope she tattoos good. But especially when you have a large crowd. You're doing a live eyeliner demo or brow demo and you're doing it like in front of people. Then you're, um, you know, you're, you're wishing a little bit more, even more so that that skin's good. So Sophia, first pass, top eyeliner, the whole pass. I'm just not getting the color in that I'm used to getting in or that I brag about <laughs> that I can get in. And she just was bleeding. I couldn't believe it. And so, yeah, so I kind of kept that anxiousness a little bit. Usually you're anxious leading right up to, and then the minute your needle gets in that skin, ah, your anxiety just goes away and you're just a tattooer like you always are. And you're just doing your thing like you always do, but you got all these eyes on you watching and, um, first pass, she's just not, you know, she's taking a little bit of color, but not great color. Uh, not like I'm used to uh, with my work and a lot of bleeding. And so, but I kind of, you know, told them what was going on. I was, you know, narrating and, and telling them what I was seeing and experiencing. They could see it. And so uh, put a little bit of, uh, um, you know, secondary on that and with epinephrine and a little pigment seal and went over and did the other side and thank goodness the other side was a completely different story it was like first pass lots of black hardly any bleeding hardly any skin reaction it was the exact opposite of what the other eye top lid did and sometimes we experience it experience that sometimes we experience that with eyebrows even lips you can have one eyebrow tattoo really well very little bleeding little discomfort you know pigment going in fantastic and then you get to the other brow and you know not so much bleeding limp resistant to accepting color um and even lips you know the bottom lip tattoo pretty well and then the top lip not tattoo so well or you know vice versa so anyway um so i started feeling like you know pretty good i was feeling pretty good i was like you know all right this is going on this is happening we're rocking and rolling i see I see eyebrows raising. I hear the oohs, the ahs. This is what you want to hear, right? When, when, you're, when you're demoing. So it was great. So I get back over to the other top. And yes, the pigment seal and, you know, my little tricks that I do. Got that skin to calm down, stop bleeding, stop oozing. And um, my next pass in was super high saturation, lots of black. So it was great. And did a top and bottom for... Um, for all the uh, viewers and attendees there and came out great. I had a lot of, we were there about two hours, lots of interaction, lots of Q&A, 
um, which is always fun while you're tattooing. And and I mean that, lots of fun while you're tattooing. I love the Q&A while I'm tattooing. It's, it's just, it's because it's while the action is happening. Um, you get really good questions and you get to, your explanations, I think, are even better because you're right in the midst of it. So anyway, that went really well. So I'm excited. And um, we're home now. But what a great convention. Did you guys have a great convention? I did have a great convention. <laughs> you need to fix your mic, Willow. <laughs> yes, there we go. Oh, okay. I had a great convention. I thought it was a lot of fun. We met a lot of people. A lot of people actually were talking about the podcast. And yeah. that was that was really awesome to hear like everybody's feedback. Yeah, you just got your lips tattooed two days ago. So I'm sitting here laughing my ass <laughs> off at you because you look ridiculous. <laughs> I do. I feel a little ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you're like, like you're like slurring your words or a you can't little talk bit, right? A little bit. I feel like I don't have like the best control over my movement anymore. You don't. And like I can't open my mouth that wide. You can't. Nope. And like every time I laugh, it's like a like a pucker so that I yeah. don't stretch. No, I see like, you're puckering oh. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because you yeah. don't want your lips to crack. Exactly. I don't want, I, I want them to yeah. Correctly. Olivia's laughing her ass off at you. Look at her. Well, not gonna lie, I've been trying to make Willow laugh all day just so I can see it. <laughs> Sorry. Don't you dare do that. I'm gonna tell Amy. You, Olivia, I'm gonna tell Amy because Amy did Willow's lips, and that's what we tell clients with lips: go home, try not to crack, don't talk too much, no extracurricular activities with the lips, if you know what I mean. But we try to tell the clients: look, I know you gotta talk, I know you gotta move your lips, but try not to like laugh and smile because once you get scabs they crack and then that that can leave some little you know mm -hmm. inconsistencies with color or that's what we worry about anyway so um yeah so stop making her try to make her laugh olivia <laughs> you're gonna rude. piss amy off i mean yeah <laughs> and you'll piss willow off imagine it hurts man <laughs> You, you look you you all oh, oh the camera's not on her i was gonna say y'all gotta go to tatter effect youtube page and look at willow because yeah i mean you want a good laugh that this is a good one but we don't have a camera on you you're really lucky i'll post a picture yeah let's post a picture let's post a picture but anyway you were a good you're good 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 sport good champ you uh thank you yeah you let uh Amy, do your lips. But the conference, back to the conference, conference was great. PMU Vegas conference, um, blast. There was about 500 attendees there. So um, vendors were great. Energy was great. Melissa and Eric, the owners of the conference, they have a whole team of family and personal friends. And they're um, so professional and so organized and just put on such a great, great venue. So you know, um, if you're looking at conferences to attend next year, I know a lot of PMU artists, you know, plan out their their conferences, which ones they're going to attend, and they start saving their money early on and start, you know, preparing. Um, the Vegas PMU conference, I it's it's one it's it's a fantastic conference. It really, really is. If it wasn't, I w I, this wouldn't be my second year, um, and we will be back next year. And as long as they keep uh, holding them. Melissa and Eric, I, I will be there. That's that's how great this conference is. So, um, and you, you know, what I love most about them, I guess, as a vendor and where I am now in my career, you know, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years, 15 years ago in my career, I got to meet uh, artists that were, you know, much more skilled than me. I got to meet uh, the, the people, the suppliers I was buying my supplies from. It was very exciting. Uh, you network, you meet people. And a great place to um, just make some permanent makeup, you know, friends and, 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 and build community, which I think is really important. And, and I loved it. I got hooked on conventions, I think, my first year in PMU and have been going ever since. But now I'm on the other side of the convention. Now I am happen to be one of those people that speak and educate and um, at the conventions, do live demos. Um, I am the one with the booth, you know, vendoring products. And so uh, now, like my role in the convention, I get to meet all the artists that follow us and buy, shop the Girls Inc. store, buy our products, listen to our podcast. And for me, that was so cool. And it's cool for them too. I mean, how many people came up and like, you know, I follow you guys. I was so excited to meet you. Or I listen to your podcast. I love, I love Tatter Effect. It's helped me through this, that, and the other. Um, some people actually get 
downright emotional. I mean, emotional. And that is always really, really touching. You know, when you've touched someone, this is why I'm really big on giving back, um, to give more to the industry than you take. Um, because when you, when, when you give, when you give and give and give and give, and then one day you meet someone that you gave to and you changed them or you helped them in such a way they will never forget it for the rest of their lives that they become emotional, actually emotional. Their eyes well up with tears and, they, and their voice cracks and they become emotional trying to tell you you taking that moment out to email them back or get on the phone or help them out in whichever manner that you did, it's, uh, I get emotional. That, that's, why, that's, why we, that's why you do it. That's why you do it. That's why you give. That's why you give. It's just such profound. And I think you're reminded, you're reminded in that very moment how much you can impact another human, how helpful you can be, uh, so the, the difference you can make in someone's life uh, personally and, uh, and professionally. And I think that sometimes, or maybe a lot of times, we often forget that. I will be honest that I, I think I forget that because I help so many people in, in a day or in the course of a week. And sometimes you don't get a, a thank you or you'll get a little smiley face back or or you know things like that and you just you just you just keep moving you're just you're fluid and you're, you're and you're moving but when you're at a convention and you're face to face with that human and um i can reach out and like grab her hand and i can s i can feel her energy and i can see the tear coming down her eyes and i can hear her voice shake and we're looking at each other you know in, e in each other's eyes and and, sh and she's telling you thank you and 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 how you helped her it's just it's really impacted it really affects me really really deep and um, and it's 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 that's that's the sometimes sometimes you know we all know this industry can be rough sometimes those are the moments those are the things that really keep you going that kind of motivate you you know when you're looking for motivation it's it's that really it's that so um, so give you guys keep giving and help out your fellow artist and um, and your industry. It's a beautiful thing. All right, so we are here, and um, so let's talk. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before I got into my subject? No? Mm. Mm, okay. So um, I will say one more thing. Um, yeah, convention hangover is a real thing, and it does take me. <laughs> I used to bounce back in a day. <laughs> I could be right back in the studio, like, two days later. Now it's like you know, oh my gosh, you know, we need like, you, you guys even needed a few days off because you're going, going, going. But, um, yeah, so the recoup, the recoup convention, uh, recuperation does, does take a little bit longer as you get older. Just a warning, just a warning, maybe, you know, just so you don't schedule clients the next day or two days later. I think you do need a little, re little rest. So I wanted to talk about, um, a subject today that, again, controversial subject. I don't know if it's controversial, just highly debatable. Um, some people really like this procedure, think it's a good procedure to offer and do, and are doing this procedure. And then there are those that do not like this procedure, do not think it should be done or offered, and some of them are very vocal about it. You know, I'm on Facebook, so I get a lot of my, my topics um, for the podcast, a lot of things that I li like to talk about uh, on, on Facebook. I'll see, like, posts and conversations pop up on Facebook. And on Facebook, um, I think people, are, I don't know, they just seem to be a lot more open and expressive <laughs> than on Instagram. It's like Facebook is where they really pour their heart out and really express themselves. Um, and sometimes it's professionally with kindness and respect and grace, and sometimes it is not. It is with, like, anger and, um, you know, and, and just, um, I don't know, just a tone. So so I'm talking about freckles, freckles. Um 
And, and the other reason I wanted to talk about this is we are, Amy, my artist Amy here, is removing a set of freckles. And they're on a young man. Typically, we see freckles done on women. But this happens to be a, a young man. And they were poorly done and uh, devastating, looked horrible, looked really, really bad. So Amy did one lift session. She's using lift, and she did one session, and it desaturated the freckles by about 50%. And um, he was ecstatic. So I just saw him again before convention, and she was doing his second lift session. But I walked in, and he immediately like grabbed my hand and was like, "Did you wanted me to see?" And and he was like really, really excited. So uh, and he said for the first time, you know, he felt really hopeful, like he doesn't have to live the rest of his life with this. And he has beautiful arm tattoos. I mean, just some Japanese tattooing, beautiful tattoos everywhere else. But the freckles were done poorly. So I'm wondering, the people. And I'm not going to say whether I for freckles or not for freckles. This is I just wanted to talk about freckles, and what I'm wondering is if those that are so have such a hard stance and don't like freckles, think they should not be done, shouldn't be offered, don't do it, no way, not changing my mind. There's some people that have a really hard stance on freckles, and I'm wondering if they have such a hard stance against freckles is because what what they have seen with freckles have all been what we're removing poorly done poor poorly thought out irresponsible botched freckles bad freckles i'm wondering if that's how they formed their opinion and if that's how they formed their opinion, those that are against freckles, then that is, uh, you know, 100% understandable, correct? I mean, if that's all that I saw was poorly done freckles or freckles that may have been done well and looked good at one point, but now they're blue or black and they've grown in size and they look terrible, that would be my opinion, I'm quite sure, do you know? I would probably have a hard stance against it. Um, I'm wondering if those that have such a hard stance against freckles, I'm wondering if they've seen really well done freckles, but haven't seen them all the way through the aging process and maybe what they look like um, at the end of the aging process when they need to be refreshed, maybe three, four five years down the road um, and I'm wondering if they had the opportunity to experience well-done freckles that went through a very stable aging process to the point where they faded out and the client chose to have them redone refreshed like clients do with their brows and eyeliner if they would feel differently right I'm wondering I'm sure there's some people listening right now that don't like freckles, don't think it should be offered. So I'm wondering if, if that is you, if you saw a well done set of freckles and then you saw them three or four years later and they had, you know, faded out of the skin, lovely, um, would you feel differently? Would you feel differently? So that's just something for you to think about. So let's talk about bad freckles you have freckles willow i do i'm covered you, in freckles know, pull your mic down i am covered in freckles yes you are covered in freckles um so you said something interesting to the beginning of the podcast before we were recording and i thought that was interesting yeah i used to get bullied relentlessly when i was in especially in elementary school um i just heard all of it uh, about my freckles just that like i looked like someone had dotted them on me and so for me, it's kind of weird to see an entire service be created out of something that I got like ruthlessly bullied for, for my childhood. Yeah. Um, I think it's like amazing that people are now 
in the idea, in the mindset that freckles are awesome and like that they do look beautiful. But it's very interesting to see that shift from almost like a hate towards freckles to yeah. now people are buying them. They're people are b- actually spending their money and buying yeah. them. and spending good money to and get spending them good done. money, yeah. If you want a good artist that does them well, you're going to probably spend a lot of money. Yeah. Well, it's the same with redheads. I think, you know, I mean, I was watching a documentary about left-hand versus right-handers and how left-hander, if you were left-handed, this is years ago, maybe a hundred years, if not, you know, long time ago in history, if you were left-handed, society considered you not as intelligent. Really? Yeah. It was a very interesting documentary, very interesting documentary. And of course, now, you know, well, there was a lot of things back then that they thought. They thought if you were gay, it was a psychological, you know, you had, you had mental issues. It was a psychological issue. There was a lot of things. But I thought that was interesting about, you know, um, left hand versus right hand. Of course, now we don't feel that way. I mean, um, and, and redheads, there used to be a little bit more. I was just listening to an interview with Ed Sheeran. Hmm. And he hated his hair, his red hair. When he was young, because he got bullied. Why? Why do kids pick on kids? Kids are mean, man. I kids wonder are why mean. they pick on kids like with red hair. Like, what is it about red hair or freckles that makes a kid? I think it's pick on you. The difference, like uh, freckles, they're not really uncommon, <laughs> but they're not as common as non-freckled yeah. people. Yeah, and redheaded is definitely less common. Less than common. Brunette, blonde, yeah. black hair. So yes, I, I think it's more just the other. If you're other than me and you're different, I'm going to point that out and I'm going to... And I'm going to make you pay for it, make yeah. you suffer for it. It's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. Instead of celebrating difference and being fascinated and curious, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Kids tend to want to punish and bully and make fun of. And then hopefully they grow up to adults that, you know, look back and think, man, I was a real dick, <laughs> you know, I yeah. was a real dick. But, um, yeah, I'm just wondering why kids, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It still doesn't make sense. I, I understand what you're saying and I agree with you, but I still just, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, I just can't understand it. I, I never really picked on anybody or bullied anybody. I was bullied as well um, in high school. But, um yeah, so now, now Ed Sheeran loves his red hair and actually celebrates it. He's, he, he was interviewing, he was being interviewed with, I think it was Gail King, and, uh, and he's like, yeah, it's like people love my, because he's got this whole thing, it's kind of messy, and he gels it a certain way, and uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, my hair turned into this whole, this whole thing. <laughs> like, yeah, people love my hair now. And she said, do you love your hair now? And he goes, I do. I actually do. Which is great. Yeah, which that's is great. awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, so let's talk. So I think the reason so many people are against freckles or um, those that are against freckles, it's, it's because they can be so poorly done. You know, just like anything else, just like eyebrows can. Eyebrows can be poorly done. Uh, eyeliner can be poorly done, right? If you do freckles, I mean, they can end up looking like dots, you know, super unnatural blackheads or, you know, big, big dots. Um, and certainly not natural. There can be a a really bad pattern. They can be placed really poorly. Um, so bad design, just like a pair of eyebrows or eyeliner, um, and that, and that's what was happening with, with the guy that the Amy's were moving. So not only were they bigger than they were supposed to be and like a blue black, they were, I didn't understand the pattern. It just looked, they were just all over the place. So I asked him, did she draw them on or did you come in? Did you place them where you wanted? And his answer was no. She just laid me down and started doing them. And I'm like, I was shocked. I'm like, you're serious? And he goes, yeah, she just laid me down and do them. I go, and you trusted her to do that? And he's like, yeah, I did. And I went, wow. So um, they have to be well thought out and well designed, well placed, just like 
eyebrows and eyeliner has to be well designed and well placed. Um, artists should, of course, map them, map them, draw them on. And I think just like scalp work, the fewer space them out and do less the first session and let them heal. And then if the client wants more, then you can add additional freckles at the follow-up. And that also gives you some time to make sure that you like the tone of the color chosen. So one, they can end up looking like dots. Um, they can be much bigger than they should be and unnatural looking and a bad pattern. They can turn a blue, bad color, turn blue or gray, right? These are all the things all the things that can happen with eyebrows and eyeliner. And these are things that are happening with brows and eyeliner. Maybe they're not looking like blackheads or dots, but they can look super unnatural. You know, strokes can heal so thick and blurry. They, um, they can be not placed well. Brows can have poor design. All this can happen. All, all, everything that I just mentioned that can go wrong with freckles and that we see often with freckles can also happen with brows, eyeliner, you know, uh, lips with any of the procedures that we do. And for me, that comes down to artist, the artist, the one doing them. That comes down to execution, poor execution. Um, so is it fair to be against the tattooed freckle and the artists that choose to do the tattooed freckles and give them some, sh you know, smack along the way. Because I've seen artists post freckles and they looked good. They were well done. But that artist got some crap. The artist got some crap. So is it fair to be anti-freckle and anti-freckle artist? Or should just we... Or we, is it, is it, should we be, is the, the, the better way or the, the, the more correct way to be is anti-bad freckle, anti-freckle <laughs> artist that does a bad job, don't know what they're doing. You see what I mean? That makes kind of, kind of sense. So why do they turn color, right? So, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, maybe they chose a brown. They're going in with brown. But when they come back healed, that technician or artist went too deep. Just went too deep. Um, could have chosen the wrong color. Maybe um, because it's a freckle, they don't consider that they may have to add a warm modifier. Maybe freckles should not be done on skin that needs a warm modifier. On ruddy skin, pink skin, we have to be, maybe we have to be as selective on who we put freckles on as selective as we are with who we put microblading or hair strokes on. That makes sense to me. That makes, that sounds reasonable to me. Um, <clears throat> because freckles are you know, you hear the one thing, well, they're so exposed. They're exposed. Well, so are eyebrows. They're sitting right there on the forehead, right? Um, they're exposed. So, uh, but on a fresh heel, if they're healing blue or gray, that's technician error. That's either the wrong color was chosen, a modifier wasn't used if needed, they put it on the wrong skin type, or they went too deep. That's artist error. Um... Now, let's say they were put in proper depth on the right skin tone, great skin, great skin type to put it on. Client wasn't ruddy, wasn't sun damaged, wasn't super pink. Great. The type of skin that ages pigment well. The type of skin where pigment is pretty darn stable through the aging process. Um, and, and they look great. Placement was great. They look great. They look great. But now you're looking at those same set of freckles. 
you know, eight, nine, ten years down the road. Now those freckles are bigger than they should be, right? Because tattoos tend to expand in the skin as they age, if they're in there, if they stay in the skin long enough. Um, now they've turned color. Now, now they're blue or gray. Now they're not that pretty dark brown or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, tone, pretty tone that they were the first two or three, four years. Now they're blue or gray. They're bigger than, you know, they were when you put them in. So that would be because you used an, uh, an organic, something with carbon, black carbon in it. And what artists need to keep in mind that even the browns, even the browns in an organic line, no matter what organic line, this is just the science of organic pigments, carbon is used. Carbon is used. The darker the color in an organic line, the more carbon is needed in that formula to create that depth of tone, that darkness. So we know that carbon has the potential to last a very, very long time. Carbon can last forever. It has the potential to last forever, especially certain carbons. You know, there's harder carbons and softer carbons. Um, but carbons typically are going to outlast, you know, all the other colorants in that formula. So it would behoove both the artist and especially the client if that freckle would fade out of the skin. Because anything sits in skin long enough, especially on the face, it's going to turn color. That's just, that's just the, um, that, that's just the beast of facial skin. You know, facial skin and body skin are just so different. You know, the vascular system with the face, the pores, um, and it is more exposed than body skin typically. And so I, I think if freckles are, are, are well-placed, they're drawn, they're drawn on, you know, and placed, and they're well-spaced out, and they're well-thought out, um, and you put them on the right skin type. Like I said, I don't, I would not put, put freckles on someone that is like super ruddy, like on a skin type that has the propensity to pull gray and, uh, age a pigment gray because we, we, you know, we all know those skin types. We all know those skin types. So I probably would not do freckles on, on a skin type like that. Um, so if we're putting them on the right skin type and they're well thought out, well placed, you're picking the right color and you're using an inorganic and your tech, the technique is on point, proper depth, you know how to put that pigment in such, because imagine how small a freckle is, right? So you got to put it in there without chewing up skin because it's such a small little space you know are you doing pointillism are you doing this what's your technique well how you what you know what speed are you going to run because you know it's just such a small tiny little uh surface space of pigment so if everything was done on point as far as execution well i think you're setting that freckle or freckles up for success rather than failure does that make sense to you yeah. my little freckled friend <laughs> yes that definitely makes sense to me i think that you you have to consider the skin that you're working on and you want a freckle to fade because at least in my experience like my freckles get darker when i go in the sun but generally they're kind of light yeah so i think that the lighter that you have a freckle it m looks more natural anyways yeah a hundred percent you know and and we do have to have the conversations with with the client you know the same conversations we're having with the as we have with the eyebrows is you go in that sun you have to sunblock them so um yeah you know and and so a lot of the things that can go wrong with a freckle and that i see um people gripe gripe about or their reasons for being so hard um, on artists that do offer freckles or do freckles, um, their reasonings 
and I see a lot of their reasonings. Well, they look like dots. They look unnatural. They're going to turn blue or gray. You're going to have a face full of blue dots. You know, all those reasons, uh, similar things can happen with brows. You know, similar things can go wrong with brows. And so for me, it comes down to, like I said, just putting them on the right client, the right skin type, and a really super talented, thoughtful, responsible artist that really knows what they're doing and is going to make all the right choices. Like I would never do freckles with an organic or car anything with carbon in it. Never, ever, ever, ever. I would want that. And that client may not always want freckles. Do you know they may not always want freckles? And even if they did, like I said, um, when ink or you know pigment ink, if it sits in skin long enough, if, if it's allowed to last and stay in the skin long enough, you get it's going to get to a point where it's it 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 starts to degrade in tone it starts expanding you know it starts t turning color you know um it's not going to it's not going to stay the same color it's just not it's just it's scientifically impossible it's going to degrade um so we're better off that the freckles leave the skin right so yeah so if you're you know if so if you're somebody doing freckles and you love freckles but you're using organics, you know, something with carbon, then, um, then this gives you something to, um, to consider and, and maybe think about. And maybe, maybe for some of you listen, there was, you know, a couple of aha moments with this because I think, you know, it's like a beauty mark. What's the difference between a freckle and a beauty mark? I mean, I've, you know, I've been doing beauty marks almost my entire career. It's, you know, with freckles, they, they tend to be a little bit smaller and, and we're doing more of them. And with the beauty mark, they tend to be a little bit bigger and we're doing one or two. I mean, I've had clients where we just do one in a very strategic spot. And I've had, you know, a few clients where, where we do two in two strategic spots. So the same strategy, the same critical thinking and strategies also have to be applied to beauty marks as well as freckles. So, yeah. But no one, I don't really see anybody... Um, bitching about beauty marks in our industry. Like when a beauty mark is posted, you know, we see lots of compliments and oohs and ahs, especially if it's well-placed and well-done. But sometimes when you see freckles being posted, you know, you'll, you'll get the people to come out that just don't like the freckles and make it well-known and they can be really a little hard on the artist and, you know, maybe when it's not, not deserved. You know, if it's not well-done, then, you know, I guess, you know, by posting something not well done, then you open yourself up to, you know, criticism and, you know, and sometimes not constructive criticism, sometimes just, you know, criticism, criticism with a big C. But that's very fascinating. I never even considered like the beauty mark portion, like a beauty mark compared to the freckle. Like, yeah. I have seen a lot of love towards beauty marks, but yeah, comparatively, like much more hate towards the towards freckles. freckles. Yeah. But it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Same, but a little different. In the same vein, at least. Yeah, 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 100%. So I, I, I thought about that. You know, I've been thinking about that. I wanted to talk about freckles ever since, um, you know, Amy was, was um, re removing it on that, that young man because I'd never seen a pattern like that. I mean, they were on his forehead, his nose, his cheek. And, I mean, they were just like, I was like, oh, my God. And, and I had to ask him, is there every one of these a freckle, like a tattooed freckle? Are these natural? And he's like, no, they're all tattooed. And I went, wow. And then I asked him, well, why did you want freckles in the f first place? You know, he's a young man. He's probably 27, 28, young man, um, adorable. And he just said he, he just always found him, found him cute. And um, in a second, he just had a thing for freckles. He always wanted freckles. And so it's really unfortunate that his experience getting freckles was was a bad one because it they, they could have been done beautifully and skillfully and experience could have been um a whole lot a whole lot different you know so yeah just consider using an inorganic um if you're out there doing freckles and you are using an organic because we do want those to fade out of the skin we'd like a nice slow fade have them leave the skin and then give the client the option of refreshing them and having them, you know, uh, redone if, if so, so wanted, do you know? 
And by them leaving the skin, we, we're, we're at a much lower, lower, lower risk of them turning gray, turning blue, or a color that we, we do not want, a, a much lower risk. And, you know, and, and if you're going to get into freckles in, in beauty marks, you know, when I first got into beauty marks, I suggest that you study them. It's not just a big dot. Um, there is artist, there, there, there is, um, how do I say this? There's an artistic way to do them. If you really look at freckles and beauty marks, they're not the same solid color through, you know, from, from the edge to, to the middle, the entire, you know, that's how they end up looking like dots. So uh, they, they do need to be done artistically and, and well thought out. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I you know, a lot of the, I, I think if, if they're well done, it can be, a really great procedure and you can make someone really super happy and if they're not well done well thought out then they can be you know really bad and you can um really affect someone's life negatively so there you go all right so let's talk about um that's my freckle thing so on the podcast where it's just me we decided to do a little prod product segment and, you know, my first couple of seasons and, you know, all these episodes up until just recently, I was kind of against doing products because this, this is not what this podcast was about. And I don't do this podcast to like sell stuff or be spammy or anything like that. So we never really highlighted any products, but we were getting emails. And I think um, so what we have discovered, and we discovered this at the, the convention in the booth, talking to people about, I talk to people about the podcast and what they want to see more of and this and that and the other. And people actually come to find out like a good product review. If it's not, if there's some, if you're, if, if you are introducing them to a product, a really great product product that could make a difference in their work or in their results or it could be helpful in one of their procedures um turns out they are super interested they want to hear about really good products um and if you can give a little education and whatnot so i guess it's all dependent on how you uh, introduce the product or uh, how you do it, right? You can do it really selly and really spammy, or you can talk about a product um, from a place that this is an important product in my work and this is why. So today, um, I'm going to talk about the eyeliner cleanse just a little bit. And I chose the eyeliner cleanse because I did a demo, eyeliner demo, I told you at the beginning of the podcast at the PMU conference. And they were all watching me pre and post cleanse the eye with the eyeliner cleanse. And they were all asking me what it was. And some of them were already doing eyeliners and pre-cleansing like with saline or um, something not, not considered a cleanser. And, or they weren't doing eyeliners. They didn't know what to cleanse with. So I found this gap in, in education, uh, when it comes to eyeliner and pre-cleansing and post-cleansing. And I developed the eyeliner cleanse with LI maybe about 15 years ago. And I did it out of necessity because I have been doing a lot of eyeliners uh, early uh, since the beginning of my career. Um, I don't know why, but I just kind of ended up being my jam organically. And people come to me like crazy for eyeliner. I just... I just did a beauty, beautiful one today. Did I not, Olivia? Yeah. I showed you and you're like, oh, I want that. I did. I did a beautiful, beautiful eyeliner today. It was like a little wing, little baby wing, this little swoop in it. It was just so stunning. Here I am. <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but you all know what I mean when you do a beautiful brow or lip and you sit back and you look at it, you're like, oh my God, that is so good. I'm so good. <laughs> I got it. But... Um, that's the way this eyeliner struck me today. So I wanted to talk about the eyeliner cleanse because, you know, early on 
there was nothing within the industry to purchase. So I had to, I wasn't cleansing them right to begin with. I was using saline and, you know, come to find out, uh, you know, I had a doctor tell me, well, that's not a cleanser. It doesn't cleanse away the bacteria, the this, that, and the other. Um, so I learned that I c eyes can carry a lot of bacteria, like with the eyelashes and whatnot. Some people don't get in there and cleanse like their eyes, you know, real well, because it's the eye area. Some people have sensitive eyes. So it's up to us to really pre-cleanse that eye area and throughout the lashes really, really well. And nothing existed. And I, I don't know, there may be something now, but I don't know of another eyeliner pre and post cleanse created by an artist within the PMU industry available. I don't know of one. If, if there is one, my apologies. I don't know of one. For a very long time, there was not one. And it was just uh, my little product here, the eyeliner, the eyeliner cleanse. So a pre-cleanse with any procedure is the very beginning of a good heal and a good result. It all starts, in my opinion, with the cleanse, the cleansing, uh, especially with eyes because they do hold a lot of bac bacteria with any procedure, but in, in particular, uh, you know, the, the eyes, man. And so the eyeliner cleanse, it is a topical cleanser and it is antimicrobial and antifungal and pH balance for the eye. And the antimicrobial and antifungal agents in my eyeliner cleanse are from natural ingredients. No chemicals, nothing. They are from natural ingre ingredients. And so I thought that was pretty amazing that um, Blanca and Mattia LI could do that. So completely antimicrobial, antifungal, uh, pH bounce for the eye, and a topical cleanse. So you pre-cleanse the eye really, really well, the whole lid area, all through the lashes, get that area really, really good. Uh, and then of course, you go ahead and you do your thing, execute a beautiful eyeliner, however you do it. And then at the end of the procedure, you want to pre uh, post-cleanse that area really, really well. You wanna send them home with a well cleansed area, both top and bottom. So uh, very, very important. The other little step I do at the end of my procedure after the cleanse, after I cleanse them, my eyeliner cleanses, then I do a, uh, a little soak, a pigment seal soak. And today I had two of my apprentices in there and uh, cleansed her with the eyeliner cleanse after her eyeliner was done, did a good thorough cleanse. And then I just got, um, you know, some pigment seal on a Q-tip. I really dampened the Q-tip and put some pigment seal on her top and bottom eyeliner and all around her lid where it was a little red. And I just let it sat, sit there while I do my notes. And I would say after about 30 seconds, the client was like, oh, wow, I really feel this. This, this feels really, my skin feels really cool. It doesn't, it's not, it's not hurting anymore. She, she just could feel the difference in about 30 seconds. And you could see some of the redness start to, to uh, go away. And it's just very soothing. So those are my two little nuggets. And with eyeliner that I think are a huge, huge part of my secret sauce is the pre-cleanse, the post-cleanse, that is critical to eyeliner healing really good and reducing the risk of complication. Um, if one of the areas, of all the areas we do, brows, on and lips, um, eyeliner has probably the most propensity to have a complication because we're talking the eye area. So I feel a good pre-cleanse and post-cleanse with something antimicrobial and antifungal really reduces that risk, really, really super minimizes that risk. Um, I do not get eye infections. And, um, and I, and, and, and I'll, you know, I will tell you, I, you know, I hate to admit it, but you know, those first like three or four years that I was doing eyeliners, I had gotten three or four complications because I was using saline 
to pre-cleanse and post-cleanse with because that's what that's what I was taught. That's all I knew. That's what I knew. So, um, and then I learned differently. I had a doctor really school me on, on um, he's a surgeon. He, he's a, he does surgery of the eye. So, uh, yeah, got with LI and, uh, and had this developed. Um, and while this was being developed, I had to order uh, eye cleansing stuff from a medical, like, supply company, you know. But um, anyway, and then my pigment seal. That's another part of my pigment, my, uh, not my pigment, my, uh, my secret sauce. On help that helps me, I think, um, really soothe the eye for the client so they leave cleansed and comfortable. And uh, pigment seal, you know, soothes that skin, gets the skin to, to cool off. And when we get that skin to cool off and not be so angry, um, and it's going to hold, it's going to hold better. It's going to hold more pigment. We're going to get be better retention. So, yeah, two of my little, my little, uh, my little secrets, my secret sauce my, to my formula. In achieving high saturation in one or two sessions. All right, so that's that. Um, what else? All right, so I thought this was interesting, and I'd like to hear you two answer. You ready? Okay. Uh, this might be more towards a business owner, probably. I'm not sure. Maybe. A hundred thousand dollars. Or a whole day with someone that you admire, that is super successful, and has a lot of experience and knowledge in the exact same thing you are trying to pursue and be successful in. Silence. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Yeah. And, yeah, and you really can't answer quick. That's just something you got to think about. Yeah. $100,000, would that change your life more, be more valuable to you, or a full day with someone? I would pick a full day with someone. I just love to learn stuff. You really, honest to gosh, yeah. that's your honest answer. You would pick a full day with someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. What about you? You, Willow? I would take the hundred thousand dollars and go back <laughs> to college. <laughs> hey, no, I'm not well, taking one day. I'm taking an entire. I'm going back to college for the rest of my life. All right. <laughs> so you take the hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and that's okay. Yeah, I would take that. I'd pay off my student debt, and I'd go getting some more. Yeah. Well, you would. I think you would pick whichever one you feel would change your life for the better, would be the most impactful for you, right? But you can run out of a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but in my head, I would definitely go and use it to further my education. Yeah. I would go back to college yeah. and learn what I want to learn. It might not be from, like, that one most successful person, but it would be more than one day, and I think I might get more out of that than a single day. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to retain everything. Yeah. Well, what if day. you could bring a tape recorder? Oh, you could take notes. That's a little hard. I don't know. I, I okay, still... um, let me throw that in there. Okay, could... our listeners – you get to bring a tape recorder. I mean, that that does make it more difficult, but I think I'd still stick with the 100000 okay. just because I can go and get, like, even if I go to, like, a public college, I could get two yeah. or three more degrees with, like, years of education, yeah. which I think might be, be more beneficial just for me. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. It could be. And I believe you would do uh, be responsible with that hundred thousand. Oh yeah, because well, that's kind of you. I try. Yeah. <laughs> do Do you believe Olivia? She would take the day. I yeah. I definitely believe she <laughs> would take the day. Do we believe her? Who I'm curious. Do you know who your day would be with? No, I would for sure research that. I would research that. It would be me. <laughs> <laughs> I have you almost every day, Terry. I know, right? For free. I pay you. Yeah. To follow me around every day, all day. I pay you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I know it. But isn't that a really yeah. interesting question? Now it's your turn to answer. It's my turn to answer. Um, I would take the day. I would take the day, I think. Mm -hmm. But this is me at this stage of my life. Do you know I'm responsible for my money? I've been able to save some money. And I'm more towards the end of my career. So, you know, I have I have my house. You know, I'm maybe more 
Um, I think maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe if you're where you want to be financially, maybe you're more apt to take the day. Maybe, because I think maybe 15 years ago, I could have, I might have said I'd take the 100,000 when I was, when I was struggling, you know, to pay, I might might have taken that, you know, 17, 18 years ago. I very well may have said the $100,000. I definitely agree. I think maybe if, like, I'm not, not in a great place financially, like I'm doing like great. It's just, I, I think maybe if I was, if I had a house or if I had like, something like that maybe I would want to take the the day but yeah, yeah. I think it does it just kind of depends on where you are in your life how you're going to answer um who would your day be with do you have like any any top oh, contenders man oh god you know um maybe like like Jay-Z um, really oh he's an amazing businessman and he's so smart and he came up from nothing i i i would pick someone like like a Jay Z, like a, a Shaquille O'Neal, like um, like a Tom Brady, like I'm picking sports figures. I I, I know that well, except Jay Z's musical. But I would pick somebody that came from nothing, as I did, and got really good at their craft, but then expanded out of that their craft and became an entrepreneur. And, um, and, and, and did other businesses and really built up their community. And yeah, I would pick someone like that. I could see Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. I might change my answer if I could go hang out with Shaq for a day. Yeah. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, Jay-Z, Tom Brady. I mean, these are all people and and there's so many of them that, um, I mean, my God, you know, I mean, they're doing beyond Jay-Z, you know, he's doing things outside of music. He became a businessman and he's given back to his community. He's, he's a philanthropist with his community, with, with community. So is Tom Brady. So is Shaquille O'Neal. So is, you know, a lot of these people. So I'm really inspired by people like that. And I, I think, um, those are the things I think about, at this, you know, at this age, you know, the age that I'm at and where I'm at, you know, in, in my career, do you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I feel like I would learn more from their experiences and what, like, they did wrong and what they yeah. did right. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, for me, today, I'd, 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 I'd pick the day and, and someone like that. I'd have to give it more thought before I really put my thumb on you, who I said it was. But, um, but yeah, probably 16, 17 years ago, I would have taken the $100,000. So I would love to hear from our listeners, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. So let's hear from the listeners. $100,000 or a day with someone. Let's say it could be anyone. Um, get to bring a tape recorder. We'll throw that in there. And who would it be? Who would it be? I think that's really interesting. That yeah. gives our listeners something to kind of think about and ponder. So, yeah, besides freckles. <laughs> <laughs> But freckles, I mean, uh, you know, that's, 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 you know, you can ponder freckles, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. All right. Well, I think this was a really good episode. This is a really good episode. Talked about a lot of stuff. I feel good. Um, so let's just leave with letting everybody know that beyond the epidermis has launched. It is officially launched. It's out there. It's in the hands of oodles and oodles and oodles, hundreds and hundreds of people. And the feedback has been 100% awesome. Amazing. 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 I was so nervous. Was you nervous? I don't think I was nervous. I was just more like anxious for it to finally be here because yeah. we've been working so long on it. It's so, so nice to like finally see people using it and like the excitement, like especially at the conference, everyone was so excited. Oh my gosh, everyone was so excited, and the the messages coming in and people using it—it's just been great. So no, I I, I had such bad anxiety for, for the launch, waiting for the the feedback. But I get like that with everything that that I put out there. So um, I think that's natural. I think if you care about something, do you know uh, enough, and you're launching it out to the mass, you're waiting for your peers, your colleagues, your peers you know, to receive it, use it, and then give you feedback. It's just, 
you know, oh, yeah, there was some anxiety. But my anxiety is relieved. Um, and I'm just really happy. I'm really happy people um, are, are finding it so helpful, so u- uh, useful. So Beyond the Epidermis is available on the Girls Inc. store. Um, the eyeliner cleanse and pigment seal I mentioned also on the Girls Inc. store. And uh, yeah, I had a great day. So listen, everybody. Stay in the pursuit of happiness, and we will see you next time on A Tatter Effect.